You're listening to The Nut, another wrestling podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I apologize for uh, no episode last week. My day job got pretty crazy with my scheduling. I wasn't able to do a podcast here or over at Fan Speculation, which is my Marvel Star Wars podcast uh, with my buddy Vinny Carini. Uh, I apologize. Uh, just things got crazy, man. Life, real life got in the way. But real life didn't get in the way and stop me from this podcast, so here we go. We are here. There's a lot to go over in the past week that's happened in the world of pro wrestling. Um, I will say I will kick things off with uh, with the polls that I put up on our Twitter page, at TNAWP. And you guys were this is very interactive here. Very, very, like a lot of uh, votes here. So we're going to go over a few of these real quickly before we get the show officially started. Um, I put up a poll that said... Who's your favorite world champion in wrestling right now? I gave you the choices of, well, Kenny Omega, the AEW world champion, Will Ospreay, the IWGP heavyweight champion, Roman Reigns, the universal champion, and Bobby Lashley, the WWE champion. And Roman Reigns coming in at 47%. Kenny Omega coming in second at 33%. Will Ospreay coming in at third at 13%. And Bobby Lashley only coming in at 7% in last place. Very, very interesting here. I figured Omega could probably would have been taken that, but it appears that you guys have voted or you guys are big on Roman Reigns, and you should be. He's doing the best work of his career right now. Go through these other ones really quickly. Uh, you guys also, I asked, who's your favorite current women's champion wrestling? And I also said, if it wasn't listed, name below, because there are a lot of other uh, women's champions out there. I gave you the options of... Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Deanna Perrazzo, and Hikaru Shida. Respectively, Bianca Belair, the SmackDown Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, the Raw Women's Champion, Deanna Perrazzo over at Impact, and Hikaru Shida, the AEW Women's Champion. Uh, coming in at first in pretty much a landslide, 58% Bianca Belair, the SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, Hikaru Shida and Rhea Ripley tied for second and third for 17%. And Deanna Perrazzo, the virtuoso, the Impact Knockouts champion, uh, coming in last at 8%. Damn, that's a bit of a shame there. I'm a big fan of Deanna. Well, anyway, uh, but you guys let me know who you like the best. And, okay, it's Bianca Belair is the winner of that poll. Uh, and next, I uh, the next one I have is who's your current favorite mid-card champion? Uh, so I gave you the options of Darby Allin, Sheamus, Johnny Gargano, and Apollo Crews. This is another landslide. Darby Allen at coming in at 63%. Sheamus coming in at first, obviously. Sheamus coming in at 25% at second. Johnny Gargano coming in at 13 And Apollo Crews didn't get any votes at all. Damn. At least Deanna got some votes. Apollo Crews got jack shit. But, hey, Darby Allen, he's the winner. I mean, you guys, obviously, he's been killing it over on Dynamite every week doing the uh, TNT Open Challenge, and he's been, yeah, he's been defending the title every single week in these great matches, which we'll get into later on in the show. Uh, I have a few more to get through before we officially get rolling. Just two more uh, 
just uh, actually just one more left. So last but not last but not least, I asked who are your current favorite tag team champions. Uh, the choices of MSK, Finn Juice, Dirty Dogs, and the Young Bucks. Dirty Dogs, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Finn Juice, the Impact Tag Team Champions, uh, MSK, the NXT Tag Team Champions, and the Young Bucks, obviously the AW Tag Team Champions. So, Finn Juice came in second for 33%, and the Young Bucks won on landslide in 67%. MSK and Dirty Dogs, nothing. Not a damn vote for them. Unfortunately, but hey, you guys have spoken. You guys have spoken, uh, and a lot of the wrestlers who I thought were going to win those polls pretty much won those polls. Um, thank you guys again for voting. Uh, I will keep those polls up as often as I can. Uh, TNAWP, uh, be on the lookout for them. Vote. Uh, we'll put up some more polls pretty soon. Uh, but first, we have to get into all the craziness that's happened in this week of the world of pro wrestling. Um, so. Sean and I were messaging each other recently. He sent me a video of Dave LaGreca from Busted Open Radio having a, a, a damn near panic attack of how awful Monday Night Raw is. And I'm right with you, Dave. I am right with you. Uh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dave LaGreca went on and, like I said, damn near had a heart attack of how awful Raw has been lately. So the, the main thing that kind of, the, the big thing of, of why Raw was so bad this week. Um, so I see before Raw gets on the uh, on Monday that they announce a six women's tag team match of the team of Asuka, Naomi, and Lana versus the tag team champions Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus, and uh, the Raw women's champion Rhea Ripley. And I see this and I'm just like, oh no. Oh, no, 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 no. Please, please get Rhea Ripley far away from Nia Jax, please. <laughs> Dave LaGreca took the words right out of my mouth where he's like, it's bad enough you've already ruined Shea Baszler. We just, let's just ruin Rhea Ripley, too. Oh, my God. So, so it's been weird, to say the least, about Rhea Ripley and her main roster call-up. Originally, she was, she as we all know, she was not supposed to go anywhere near that Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. If you don't remember, if you don't know, I'll remind you. Originally, the plans for WrestleMania, uh, for the Raw Women's Championship, were supposed to be Charlotte Flair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. You know, being them being champions, how can they ever coexist? All that bullshit and nonsense. But then the plans were changed to Lacey Evans versus Charlotte Flair. Uh, that being clear when they just, you know, Lacey just looked like she was fucking Ric Flair. You know, a feud over that, you know, hey, stop fucking my dad, essentially. That's not what they said, but it's pretty much what it was. Um, and then Lacey announced that she was actually pregnant on television. So that's good. That way that match didn't happen because Charlotte was clearly going in as the babyface and that match would not have been perceived well at all. So moving on, then they wanted to do Charlotte versus Asuka again. And then apparently they misdiagnosed, they being WWE, Charlotte being pregnant. And that's apparently why they took her off the entire Mania card altogether. And then... She was not pregnant. Obviously, she's not pregnant because she returned the night after WrestleMania, the Raw after Mania, and then it was Rhea Ripley. And then Rhea Ripley and Asuka hardly had any builds upon with their with their Mania match. It's kind of like, hey, 
You need a challenger. Here I am. And Asuka's like, all right, cool, dude. Yeah, sure. I'll, 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 I'll fight you. And then apparently Rhea Ripley turned heel, and I didn't think she necessarily turned heel. She just kind of, you know, just was Rhea Ripley, I guess, you know. But now, so, so according to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, um, they were WWE instructed the Thunderdome crowd, I guess the fans who tune in, that they were told to to boo Rhea Ripley at first as because she was meant to come in as a heel. Then they were instructed to cheer her. Okay, they instructed to cheer her. Then this week they were instructed to cheer her again, even though she was teaming with the heels of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, and even though she was working in the ring as a heel. What the fuck? I <laughs> so like Drew McIntyre being one of my current favorite wrestlers in WWE, and I am a huge fan of his. Rhea Ripley is right up there for me. Rhea Ripley is somebody who I have said for a long time, I think she can be the absolute biggest star in WWE today for the women's division and overall, and I think she could be an even bigger star than Becky Lynch. Um, unfortunately, with all of COVID, you know, we didn't really get a chance to see all of that, but we saw how over she was, and you know, the NXT, the NXT shows in full sale, you know, the the takeover shows she was a part of, like you know, people love Rhea Ripley, and she is she was over as fuck in her role as babyface. So why would you just turn her heel? I mean. You look at the landscape, I mean, okay, maybe the argument is, well, Raw needs more heels. Uh, I mean, okay. But you also need substantial baby faces in the women's division to kind of even things out. Because if you look at things right now, the, the, the women's, the baby faces and the heels, there's only a handful to me who actually feel significant and who actually feel important. Um, Asuka, unfortunately, she may be a babyface, but Asuka hasn't been treated well for a long, long time. Even her Raw Women's Championship has, title reign has felt like an afterthought, even though she's held it since, you know, she held it for almost a year. Uh, Charlotte's a heel, clearly. You know, Becky, uh, Becky Lynch, she's not, she's not around right now. Uh, Alexa Bliss, I assume she's a heel because she turned on Bray Wyatt. But then Alexa Bliss was also the last name on Charlotte's list of women who she was shooting on, work shooting on, on that promo she cut. Uh, I assume Alexa Bliss is a heel, you know? And then you have Shayna Baszler and Nia Dax were just there, and Shayna Baszler could be a big deal on Raw, but she's not a big deal on Raw, unfortunately. So that goes to leave you, who, <laughs> who's your top significant babyface? If it's not Rhea Ripley, it's Asuka? I mean, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke don't feel important. Naomi and Lana don't feel important. You know, the women's division just it just feels so thin right now and that's a shame because there are a lot of talented women on this roster. Rhea Ripley being one of them. I I, I don't know. I, I I just don't know. I, I I'm not gonna get all crazy like Dave LaGreca did on Busted Open. You guys should definitely go check that out though. It's on their Instagram page. It's fucking hilarious. Uh <laughs> I, I just am not crazy about what they're doing at Rhea Ripley already. You know, she's only been on the main roster for about a month, and already I feel like they're going to fuck her up. Like, and also, if their idea is to, like, 
put them these three together as like some sort of some sort of faction, you know, like that's a terrible idea. That is a terrible idea because being with Shayna Baszler being around Nia Jax has been a. And again, I don't consider them a tag team, even though they've been tag team champions for a long time now. I just don't. A lot of the women's tag teams I don't consider as tag teams because all of them are makeshift. Lana and Naomi, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Yeah, I know they've been teaming for almost a year, but why would you? But but why would you put them together? Because you have to. You know, you break up the iconics, and then okay, then you put. Uh, Billy Kay and have her do fuck all, and with the story, with the with the resume storyline, she's doing great work with it. You put her with Carmella, then you release Billy Kay. You you randomly pair Peyton Royce with Lacey Evans when when you're pairing up all these people who have zero chemistry together. You broke up all the people who had all the chemistry in the world with each other, and then you're just like, you know what? We're gonna break them up, have them do other things, and then you wonder why they're not working. Then you wonder why things aren't clicking for these people. Then you wonder why. It's like, huh, I wonder... I don't get why Peyton Royce and, 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 and Lacey Evans aren't having any chemistry. I just don't get it. Huh. I, I don't get why why uh, why Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke aren't working. Why they're not believable challengers. Huh. I just don't get it. Really? You just don't fucking get it? Or is that what you're fucking telling yourself? You need to establish everybody and make them feel important. Because right now in the whole grand scheme, grand scheme of things for the women's division... The only ones who feel quote unquote important are Charlotte and Alexa Bliss. Charlotte will always feel important because she's Charlotte. And Alexa Bliss, you know, I feel like even though this whole thing is strange, what she's doing with this character and, you know, this little doll, Lily, it is strange, but at least it's more interesting than what any, almost all the women on the entire roster are doing. And the only way I'll be okay with this potential partnership between Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, and Nia Jax, if it does lead to a potential Shayna versus versus Rhea match for the Raw Women's Championship. But I know it's not going to go there. And I, I just hope and pray to God that we don't, this doesn't continue past this past week on Raw. And what was really stupid and how you're really treating the women's division is that, you know, you bring out Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, and they and they and they pour water on the on the on the by the stage by the by the ramp, by the ramp, and Nia Jax is slipping and falling, and he's oh my hole, I'm hurting her hole again, and Rhea's just watching there, and it's just it's just it's so stupid. I just I don't know what's worse. I don't know what's genuinely worse. This era of Monday Night Raw. Or a WCW Vince Russo era or TNA Vince Russo era of, of, of Impact or Nitro. That says a lot, okay? Because those are two revered as horrible, horrible times for both companies, respectively. And this is right up there of how fucking bad this is. They go in there and they, and, and they, the creative team, Vince McMahon, actually go in and think, this is actually really, really great. This is such good shit. Oh, God, this is going to get you so much heat. Oh, you're going to slip and slide and hurt your hole again. <laughs> this crazy old man thinks this is actually good. He actually thinks this is good. And it's fucking horrible. It's god-awful. I I don't know what's next for this feud with 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 Rhea Ripley and Oscar, but I'm just hoping that it ends soon. I mean, because you, if you let Oscar and Rhea Ripley just work together and let them do what they do, like 
they can actually have a really great match and a really great feud. It's just, again, the biggest problem with WWE is the fucking booking. That is the biggest problem right now. Every single one of these wrestlers can be a larger-than-life star if they just let them. If they just let them be themselves, if they just don't shackle them, if they don't be like you have to, you have to read this promo word for word from from start to finish. Like you have to work like this, and you, it's like it fucking it's insane. It's absolutely insane, and I don't know anybody who actually enjoys this shit. I don't know anybody who actually watches Raw every week and is just like, oh, I can't wait to sit down and watch Raw. Well, there's like a million people who actually genuinely think that Raw is great and it's the best show on television. And for those of you who actually think that, that's your opinion. But have you not seen better wrestling? Hell, WWE's product only a few short years ago was leaps and bounds better than what we're seeing now. I mean, God damn. For fuck's sake, I would kill to get anywhere the, the, the 2015 to, to 2019 era of WWE back than this shit, you know? Because we've seen other shows produce well, even with, oh, well, you know, the pandemic and all that. Well, you know what? A lot of, other, you know, AEW has been doing the, the best show week to week, every single Wednesday during this pandemic. And before this pandemic as well. But during this pandemic, they've been killing it. And this is where a majority of their shows have been. And Daly's Place in Jacksonville. And they have a better show every single fucking Wednesday than Raw every single Monday. Because the booking makes sense. Sure, it's not perfect. You know, the whole thing with the Young Bucks, you know, turning heel and joining with, you know, finally rejoining with Kenny Omega. I mean, sure, it doesn't make all the sense in the world. However, you know, what the Bucks are doing right now with their heel work, it's absolutely awesome. I love heel Young Bucks. They're the best. But we'll get more to AEW in a little bit later in the show. I don't know, man. It just worries me. It just, it just fucking worries me. But now we have uh, Braun Strowman who is involved in the... WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view. Yeah, I know. That's an actual fucking name for a pay-per-view. That's uh, Braun Strowman versus Drew McIntyre versus Big Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Um, I don't mind this, honestly. I don't mind Braun being in the match to kind of change it up instead of it just being Drew versus Bobby. Um, That could open up for one more match between Bobby and, and, and Drew. It could... But, um, I don't know. Braun Strowman, to me, is just not the Braun Strowman he once was back in 2017 and 2018. That Braun Strowman was, like, actually, he was, people loved him. He was fun. He was over as hell. You know, this Braun Strowman is just just a different Braun Strowman, and he just hasn't been the same. You know, like, I think that's one of the biggest missed opportunities in recent times in wrestling. And, you know... I think you know there. You know if there was a way we could, if there's a way we could, uh, you know, rewrite history, and you know, book Braun Strowman actually to be, you know, to have a really great WWE run. I I wonder, I wonder where we could do things like that. I wonder. Uh, you know, I mean, I I think there's a podcast out there that does that. You know. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know what? Now that I think about it, 
Making kayfabe could probably do a great, a really great rebooking of Braun Strowman. Uh, I have to give a quick plug to my buddies Bryce and Dylan over at the Making Kayfabe podcast. Uh, be on the lookout very soon uh, for Making Kayfabe. Currently, Bryce and Dylan are on a break, and uh, they have a Patreon out there. So I believe you can go on Patreon.com and you can search the Making Kayfabe. They have some exclusive new uh, rebookings up on there with uh, with Samoa Joe and uh, Billy Kay, just to name a few. Uh, and be on the lookout because coming up soon, uh, I will be joining these guys on uh, their podcast. It's kind of a review and a summary of their most recent season. They had a lot of great uh, episodes this season with the rebooking of Kurt Angle's uh, retirement, the rebooking of Sanity, jo- uh, a John Cena heel turn, WCW with Brett, uh, how WCW should have booked Bret Hart. Uh, Mike Awesome, uh, Luke Harper, just to name a, a few. Uh, definitely, if you ha- guys haven't already, go check out the Making Kayfabe podcast. Bryce and Dylan are two absolutely uh, amazing guys, down-to-earth guys, brilliant, brilliant writers, and it was great to chat with them and shoot the shit. So be on the lookout for Making Kayfabe podcast. I will be joining uh, Bryce and Dylan very, very soon. Now, back to uh, this whole thing with Braun Strowman. I think this could be an interesting match. Um, I was worried that if it was just Drew and Bobby, Drew easily could win the title, and then Bobby just, you know. I said before that if if, it, if Drew wins the title, I, I will be a little upset because why couldn't you just give him that at WrestleMania? I do think Bobby Lashley does need to be champion for a while. I think, you know, we can really capitalize and build upon a, a Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar match at SummerSlam later on this year, and I think... Not that it doesn't need the title. Uh, a match of that caliber doesn't need the title, but to build Bobby up as a credible threat against Lesnar, uh, we definitely sh- it sh- definitely should be. Well, regardless if he's champion by SummerSlam or not, Bobby Lashley should wrestle Braun, uh, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, whether he has the championship or not, and he needs to be treated as a credible threat uh, to Bobby Lashley and to vi- Brock Lesnar, vice versa. So I don't mind it. I just I just want Bobby Lashley to continue his championship reign for now. Yes, I know because I'm a big Drew McIntyre fan. I think Drew should be the champion. I love Drew. I do. But we need to build upon more people and more stars. And Drew very well could have entered Roman Reigns' territory had he, you know, possibly won at Mania. Or if he wins at WrestleMania Backlash. So we'll have to wait and see. So, uh, PW Insider has reported that Jason Jordan is now the head producer of SmackDown and Raw, taking over John Laurinaitis' former position. Uh, this could be very interesting. Um, I'm not sure some of the things Jason Jordan has done backstage, but uh, a nice change of pace could be good, considering he's young. He's got to be in his early 30s. Uh, you know, he might have some new, fresh ideas that could really go well with the product. You know, maybe help help, you know, again, get some fresh ideas. Uh, this this is definitely interesting, and I, I am looking forward to it. I just hope that maybe some great ideas Jordan can have can just f- don't... The good ones can just filter through to Vince, and he can be like, God damn, kid, that's some good shit. You know? <laughs> um, the other thing we have to talk about Oh, and I apologize earlier. That Rhea Ripley report, uh, that wasn't from Sean Ross Sapp. That was from Brian Alvarez of the Wrestling Observer. I got that wrong, Looking at my, re-looking at my notes here. Um, 
we'll go over a few of the things that happened in WWE. Uh, one thing is now we have uh, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle as a potential frenemy feud tag team. Who knows? Um, out of all the, the bad things that are happening on Raw right now, RK Bro <laughs> seems could could be fun. Um I, I see this whole thing with Matt Riddle and Randy Orton, and it very well reminds me. It has similar parallels to to the broserweights of Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. You know, one guy who's super serious, and the other guy who's you know kind of out there and goofy and funny. Um, I was reading upon that apparently Randy Orton requested to work with Matt Riddle and WWE wanted Randy to work with Braun Strowman because they've never had a match together before. They was even promoted on Raw as a first time ever. I uh, guessing that's why Strowman is in the match at ba- uh, WrestleMania Backlash now. Um there was a funny clip where Sean sent it to me. Um uh he showed me a thing where Randy Orton uh, Matt Riddle's being interviewed backstage like, "Oh, hey Randy, what's up, bro? We're just talking about you." It's like first of all, I'm not your bro. We have nothing in common. It's like, but we are both from Earth. It's like, shut up. Look, I don't know what planet you're from. I'm from Earth. <laughs> and Randy's getting pissed off. You know what? I am I am open to this. I think this could be really fun. I think this could be really well done. Randy apparently requested to work with Matt Riddle because, you know, he wanted to do something new and interesting and to try and get away from all the spooky bullshit of the Fiend feud. Um, I'm all for it. Man, I'm all for it. You know, I I think Matt Riddle and Randy Orton could work really well together, and it could be, I mean, honestly, it could be a great highlight on Raw. You know, I mean, Matt Riddle's stuff on Raw has kind of been hit or miss, but you know, I think Matt Riddle could do really well, really great work with Randy Orton, and Randy Orton kind of being babyface all of a sudden. But let's just ignore that fact. I don't know. I uh, just this could be a lot of fun. You know, this could really work well as like a odd couple kind of pairing, you know, maybe this could, if we build upon this right, maybe this could build to a match at SummerSlam between Orton and Riddle. Uh, I'd, I'd like that. I'd really like that. I hope they don't, you know, you know, just, <laughs> you know, overshoot overshoot, and think, oh, we got to do a WrestleMania backlash. No, let's build the SummerSlam, you know, give us a nice long build and it could be one of the marquee matches for this year. Randy Orton versus Matt Riddle or Riddle, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. it. It could be a lot of fun. Um, another thing that happened, and this happened on SmackDown last week, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns uh, tonight, as the day this podcast is released, Daniel Bryan will be getting a Universal Championship match against Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns declined to, challenge, to accept Cesaro's challenge for the Universal Championship. Uh, Roman did say that if Bryan loses then he has to leave SmackDown. Now, this is very interesting, and I don't know what they're going to do. Could it be a, uh, a a wonky finish? Could it be a DQ or whatever? I don't know, but Daniel Bryan recently has said that his contract is coming up relatively soon, and he was not crazy about how the, the, main, event, the main event of Mania Night 2 with him, Edge, and Roman went down. That surprises me, considering it was my favorite match of the entire weekend. Um, he said he just didn't feel right. He didn't feel like it was the same. Uh, 
you know, he's a father and he's got two kids now and he wants to be home and he wants to be energetic and he doesn't want to feel run down as he gets older. So could we see the the end of Daniel Bryan? I mean, maybe? Could 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 he be done with wrestling? I mean, look, he's teased this stuff before where he's leaving or where he's doing whatever. Like when his contract was coming up a few years back, you know, you know, he pretend, you know, he, you know, it was heavily teased that he could have wrestled it all in and gone back to being Brian Danielson. We we don't know. But I truly think he also also has said that he's wanted to be a scout for WWE. He wanted, you know, maybe be a trainer or producer. I truly think that Brian will stay in the company and maybe this is his way of becoming a part-time wrestler. Maybe it's his way of doing that. Maybe maybe we could see Brian show up at NXT or NXT UK and do some things here and there, but um but overall uh it definitely makes me want to watch SmackDown uh and see what happens. Because I love Daniel Bryan. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. One of the, one of the greatest of all time, man. Uh, getting into a few of the things that happened. Uh, I'm gonna mention, not going to really talk about NXT too much. But there is one thing that's very interesting. Uh, the Diamond Mind was announced on NXT. It said, coming soon. So, what is the Diamond Mind? Is this a faction? Is this a wrestler in particular? What is going on here? Is could possibly be both, obviously. You know, a wrestler, faction, whatever the case. A nickname for somebody. Now, I thought of this crazy, crazy thought. And bear with me with how you feel about this person because it's a very controversial figure in wrestling. But what if Diamond Mine is Tessa Blanchard? Think about it. Think about it. Tessa Blanchard, uh, we have not seen her on television since last year when uh, not too long after she had won the Impact World Championship, the first ever female to hold a world championship in professional wrestling. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, uh, at one point, you know, you could argue her being the best women's wrestler in the world, arguably one of the, the best wrestlers in the world. Like, my favorite match I've ever seen her in was probably her and Sammy Callahan. I think it's Slammiversary, I think it was. It was a, an incredible match that they had. Uh, really, really great chemistry. Uh, Tessa is also not often far with controversy. There was a thing before her big championship match for uh, Sacrifice, whatever the Impact pay-per-view was, where she initially won the Impact world title. Uh, you know, she said something about uh, women. Hey, if women could support women, you know, that would be great. And then Chelsea Green chimed in, be like, you actively bullied me. And then other people chimed in. Other ones said have accused her of bullying, harassment, racism. Apparently, she called uh, another fe- female wrestler the N-word in the middle of a match in Japan. Uh, other people went to battle her and defended her. Her fiance, who's not her husband, obviously defended her. Like, yeah, she's a racist. Yeah, because by the way, I'm the Mexican fiance. Uh, Moose defended her. So it's 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 controversial. And Tessa is not off. Apparently, has some attitude issues as well. And I'm not going off of this of what I think of her of her with that. I'm just going off of what I've read and I've read a lot. So. Overall, though, if Tessa Blanchard is coming to NXT, this is a huge get. This is a huge, huge get. When her contract, when she was released from her contract of last year, she had apparently WWE was interested in bringing her in. You know, uh, I'm not sure if AEW was interested, but honestly, 
anywhere Tessa Blanchard goes. It's obviously going to be AEW or uh, WWE, one or the other, because she's not going to go back to Impact. But I think Tessa could be a huge asset wherever she goes. Um, my biggest dream match for her is her versus Charlotte. That would be an amazing, amazing match. And if she goes to the NXT Women's Division, that just boosts it even more. You know, imagine Tessa Blanchard, Tony Storm, Candice LeRae, uh, Ember Moon, you know, uh, Io Shirai, uh, you know, all these women. Uh, now, uh, Taya Valkyrie with her new character, uh, Frankie Monet. You know, it could really help boost the women's division in NXT because the the NXT women's division is the best women's division in pro wrestling, period. You could argue a few things here and there. The Impact Women's Division is very good as well. It's a solid, great bunch of bunch of women. Neil Dashwood, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, Jazz, uh, Rachel Elring, just to name a few. But you, you, you can't deny wherever Tessa Blanchard goes, she's going to elevate that division. And if I'm right, damn. Um, I don't know. I I uh, I would just, I'm just saying that if Tessa Blanchard shows up on my TV on Tuesday night on U on USA, I'm not gonna be disappointed. Some of you might, but not gonna be disappointed. Tessa Blanchard's great. Uh, next we're gonna go into the rest of this podcast. It's gonna be AEW heavy, and Kenny Omega is inevitable. Kenny Omega is Thanos because over last weekend at Sacrifice. Kenny Omega walked out with the AEW, still the AEW champion, the Impact World Championship, and the TNA Heavyweight Championship. Now, I'm not too familiar with my Impact and everything, but uh, if I know correctly, Rich Swan and Moose kind of unified the Impact title and the TNA title. So Kenny walked out with three belts. Uh, but overall, I don't think the TNA Championship is like considered the actual title. I think it's just kind of like, you know, it's like when Cena was World Heavyweight Champion and WWE Champion at the same time. Same as Brock, you know, Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan. Like, they held both titles together, but they were. It was like it wasn't like two separate ones. It was like they they were. It was considered as one. So I think that's the whole deal there. Uh, but now you know Kenny Omega is the AEW Champion, the Impact Champion, the uh, AAA Champion. That. That fan art of him as Thanos, and he—I remember—I think he tweeted out or put up on Instagram a picture of himself saying, "I am inevitable." So he's going—he's going to go after other world championships. Uh, is he going to go after the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at some point? I'm sure he will. Uh, is he going to go after the ROH World Championship? I don't know if Ring of going to get involved in this whole thing, but they could—they very well could. Kenny Omega is—he is now the collector. He's officially the belt collector. I did not get to see Sacrifice though. By the way, I didn't get to see the match between Rich Swan and Kenny Omega. I do want to. I definitely do. But um, it's happening, man. It is happening. Kenny Omega is the belt collector. And from there on out, we're gonna go off on what happened on last night's. Uh, well, at the time, this you know it's Thursday. Last night was AEW of AEW Dynamite. So. This is a really great episode for a lot of reasons. We started off with Brian Cage versus Hangman Adam Page. Brian Cage uh, assaulted Hangman before the match, and then Team Taz comes out, and the Dark Order comes out, and referees, security, breaking everybody up. Brian Cage and Hang Hangman had a great match, and, and uh, Brian Cage beat Hangman Adam Page. He gave him his first loss in a while. Hangman was on like an 8-0 winning streak. Now he's 8-1. Uh, Taz is on commentary. This is a fun match. Um... 
I mean, because Hangman has been notified. He's been, you know, he's been the recognized as the number one contender for the world championship. He's been recognized like, you know, and a few weeks ago, I think Alex Marvez asked him how he felt about, you know, that he is the world championship and that he could challenge Kenny Omega for the world title if he wants to and he just ignores it so that's a little great layer of storytelling there that Kenny is uh, Kenny that Adam Page is probably afraid to face Kenny Omega that he's probably afraid that you know he doesn't want to have to face his friends you know or his former teammate and best friend former best friend um you know uh I'm very interested to see where this is going to lead with Hangman Adam Page um I'm really hoping I'm hoping. I I'm holding out and hoping that maybe for the show in September that Sean and myself go to that maybe they'll do Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. Maybe. You know, because Blood and Guts is happening next week, and, you know, we were supposed to get Blood and Guts, and now you got to really make that show special. I mean, you have to. A world title match between Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page where Hangman Adam Page wins the championship would be a really nice way to say, hey, fans, welcome back. Wishful thinking, but now that I said it, I really want it to happen. Um, but I'm really interested to see where this story goes and how long this is going to... They're, like, you know, they're going to put off Hangman and uh, Kenny uh, with their eventual uh, feud that they're going to have. Uh, the Young Bucks wrestled the Seidel brothers in a really fun tag team match. After the match, uh, SCU came out and they said, I don't understand what happened to you guys. I don't understand. Because when I look in that ring, I don't see my, I don't see two of my best friends. I see a couple of bitches. You know, SCU have this big thing where they, if they lose a tag team match, they will be done as a tag team. Um... And that's my thing. I don't think the Young Bucks are losing those tag team titles anytime soon. I don't think they are. So Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels are probably going to break up as a tag team. I don't know if they'll feud. I don't know. But it would free up Christopher Daniels to be a singles wrestler. And I really want to see Christopher Daniels versus Chris Jericho. We've never seen that singles match before. But but anyway. So that happened. You know, the SCU cut... You know, cut a promo on the Bucks. Um, there was a backstage promo with Omega, the Good Brothers, the Young Bucks, and Don Callis in a limousine. Uh, you know, I think I think it was Don Callis just like, look at what we got the a- we got the tag the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Carl's not wearing any pants, and he wasn't. <laughs> uh, and we got the new. Impact champion, the AAA cha- champion, and the AEW World champion, the cleaner, the collector, Kenny Omega. So I really like this backstage segment. You know, Kenny was saying how, oh, Moxley, Kingston, you want a piece of me? Well, you're not going to get a piece of me. You're going to get a piece of Nakazawa tonight. You really think we? You think you want this? We call the shots here. We call the shots. And this is not how the things are going to go. So... It appeared Eddie Kingston and Michael Nakazawa were going to have a match. Uh, Eddie's like, he Nakazawa sitting in the corner in a, in a chair. He's like, no, 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 come on, Kenny, get out here, get out here, get out here. This isn't how it's going to go. It's like this is what you want. Like if you want me, you got to go through all of us. You go, 
He's like, fine. So he, like, I think he breaks Nakazawa's ankle with a chair. He's like, we got other lackeys. Cutler, get out here. And Brandon Cutler. And then Brandon Cutler comes out, and he's falling and tripping as he's going to the side of the of the entrance ramp. And it's John Moxley attacking Brandon Cutler from behind. And then he brings in Kenny Omega. And they beat down Kenny Omega, and they're going to break his ankle. And Don Callis is pleading and begging with them, don't do it, don't do it. You better give us what we want. They're like, we what we want. He's like, what do you want? He's like, we want a match against Kenny. Me and Mox against Kenny and one of your goons. So the following week, they made it for Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Uh, I don't know where this is leading. Uh, could this lead to a triple threat match at Double or Nothing? For the AEW Championship, they haven't done triple threat matches for the t- for any of the titles, as far as I can remember. But it would make sense. Uh, I do want to see Eddie Kingston though versus Kenny Omega. I really want to see that. We haven't seen that match yet, so that would be a lot of fun. Very interesting. You see Kingston and Omega. Uh, Miro is a monster again, which I fucking love. Cape Sabian comes into his locker room and he. You know, he comes one to talk to him, and he's beating the shit out of him. He's like, where were you? Where have you been? And then he's just like, Miro, stop me. And then at the end, you know, he's like, after he's like beaten down Kip Sabian, he pulls him close, hugs him, smacks him in the head, and goes, good talk. Like, yeah, that's Miro, dude. That is the Rusev at WWE. Like, bring back the Bulgarian brute. Bring back this destroyer, man. He's a monster, Miro, and... I, you know what? It may be early to predict, but I think Miro could be the one to take the TNT championship off of Darby Allen. I don't think he's going to be the one to take the championship off of off of Kenny Omega, but Miro is a heel, Darby's a baby face. So, you know, he said, like, whoever, the, all the champions need to be put on notice that I am is my destiny to be a champion in AEW. He never said AEW champion, so it leads me to believe that Miro will probably challenge Darby Allen for the TNT title at one point. And I think Miro could take it, honestly. I think he could take the title from Darby. Darby's held the title for a while, and we got a little bit more on Darby Allen. Orange Cassidy and Pentagon Jr. had a really fun match. Um, you know, you had the heels kind of get involved. Uh, Alex, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his last name. Trying to cheat to help Pentagon win, and then Trent gives a microphone to uh, Orange Cassidy and turnabout's fair play and hits him with a Superman punch. Uh, some people are complaining that Orange Cassidy won or that they cheated or whatever. I'm like, dude, like, it turned out as fair play. They're just being smart baby faces. Look, if someone's going to cheat to win, then I see it's I say it's fine that you do the same thing. You shouldn't have these white meat moral high ground baby faces. Just Orange Cassidy versus Penta was a lot of fun. It, it actually reminded me a lot of Orange Cassidy versus Pac from uh, Revolution. Uh, just the similar styles and everything. I mean, obviously, you no, know, the crowd interaction made that match what it was. A lot of what it was, but... It was a lot of fun, Penta versus Orange. Um, I will say we got an announcement that uh, Yuji Nagata is going to be coming to Dynamite and defend, and Moxley is going to defend the IWGP US Championship against him on May 12th. That should be fun. Um, Darby Allen versus uh, versus Preston Vance versus Ten of the Dark Order. That was really good. That was a lot of fun. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky tried getting involved and attacking them after the match. And then Lance Archer comes in and Sting comes in and try to eat up the odds. Uh, Darby, man, he is a fucking star if if you haven't done it already. He's been main eventing, like, I don't know, the past four or five Dynamites defending the TNT Championship, having these great matches. You know, he's had matches against Jungle Boy and John Silver and now 
10, you know, he's been doing an amazing amazing job and maybe he'll face Scorpio Sky next week maybe he'll face all ego Ethan Page who knows but Darby's killing it dude and they're treating him like the top guy he deserves to be so uh, that was a lot of fun I really enjoyed that match it's just a lot of great wrestling on AEW as it always is but what I am probably gonna close the show on and it didn't close AEW but it'll probably close this podcast so, the b- absolute best part. I was already excited for Blood and Guts. For the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. I was already excited. I was already, I'm like, I am missing Wednesday next week. I am watching that shit. But this segment that they had to determine who was going to get the advantage. Now, it was going to, Tony Schiavone's in the ring. He's like, oh, we're going to have a coin, coin claw coin toss I can't fucking speak today a coin toss to determine who will uh, get the advantage in the blood and guts match next week and then Sean Spears grabs the microphone and I'm glad because I'm like a coin toss that's fucking lame other war games matches we've seen they've had matches to determine who gets the advantage so Sean Spears is saying how the pinnacle is the best The uh, you know he looks at Sam. He, he he's targeting Sammy Guevara. He's like, "When's the match, last time you have a match, Sammy? You really think you're ready for this?" And Sammy's kind of trying to ignore him, and he's like, "He's like, eh, whatever, this fucking guy." And and then Spears just shouting, "Look at me! This man right here is treading you under, treading you to deep waters. And as you're drowning, I'm gonna step on your head. Like, ooh, that that line, dude." And then Sammy kind of being goaded in, you know, being like, you know, you fine. You want to fight? I'll fight you. I'll start the match with you. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's me against all of you, me against two of you, three of you. Hell, I'll start with the popcorn guy over there. I don't care. I'll start the match. And then, you know, Pinnacle get the advantage, which makes sense, you know, in the storytelling of the heels kind of should be beating down the baby faces and having the advantage to get the so they can get heat on them, so they can get their proper heel heat. Um, and then as this happened, every guy except for Wardlow and Hager and Tully kept cutting a pro kept, they cut promos and they, it got better. We get to FTR and FTR is specifically speaking to Santana and Ortiz. Cash Wheeler has the microphone and goes like, listen, all due respect next week. Don't bring this version of Santana and Ortiz. Don't bring the Jericho lapdogs. Bring the real Santana and Ortiz. I'm begging you. Bring that Santana and Ortiz. And then uh, Dax Harwood gets on the mic. He says, listen, I've talked about how dangerous this, this match is. And I spoke to my wife and I spoke to my baby girl. And we said, like, you know, how daddy might not come home. But have you explained Santana Ortiz, Ortiz, I know you got a son. Santana, you got a little bit, ba- a beautiful baby girl, and Santana's getting pissed. You're getting the family involved. It's like you. What I want you to do, I'll give a message from Uncle Dax and tell them that ne- before you get in that flight to Jacksonville and hug them tight and say that Daddy might not be coming home. You know, just really hammering home like how violent and how dangerous this match can be. Uh, Ortiz going like, no, don't do that, don't do that. They just, just, we're just gonna. That's just what they want us to do. You know, uh, as as the promos progress, we get to MJF and we get to Chris Jericho, man. Like, it just got better and better. And MJF saying, you know, you know, Chris, 
what I have to say is thank you. You know, that's what you've wanted since the inception of AEW. You've wanted people to say thank you and thank you for for what you've accomplished. And I I, I would say thank you because I got to give credit to you. You you've helped build this place and you have made with a, what is known as the best faction in professional wrestling known as the inner circle. I'll give you that. It's like, but I am better than you. I said at 25, I'm doing things while you were curtain jerking in WCW. He was saying how like and like and your spot is mine. You will have there's no way you will make us surrender. Because as I am beating you down and pinning and making you quit, making you tap out, I will get down, put my foot in your face, get real close to you and scream, thank you. Your spot is mine. I obviously cannot recreate the energy and the amazing words from these guys. I'm trying to recite it the best I can. But Chris Jericho's promo, man, it's like, can it get even better? It did. Chris Jericho, he really sold this match. I mean, this is why you have Chris Jericho in your company. This is why you have this guy promote this caliber of a match how big this match is he he like you know every guy was was scoring every guy was you know every guy's promo was like oh damn they're getting a you know they're hitting a single a double a triple an rbi single you know a home everyone's a home run jericho comes in and and <laughs> fuck that up hits a grand slam Knocks it out of the fucking park with his promo. He goes in and says, you self, uh, self-entitled, selfish little prick. You think you can take somebody's spot? You got to earn your spot. And you say, you say you, you have a family? What? You've known these guys for what? Three months? The Inner Circle, we've been here since day one in AEW. We're a family. We've been here since the inception of AEW. We're a family. This is a family. That man down there, pointed Hager, had my back at a gun at a gunpoint in, in Abu Dhabi in 2012 and protected me. And I'd have to, I think I'm paraphrasing there. I might be wrong. He's like, these so-called lapdogs are a pair of vicious, wild animals. And I have my... And I owe them for that. And I, they have my back. This young man right here, I brought in personally to the inner circle, and because of you, you made him quit. Sammy Guevara, obviously. And Tully Blanchard tries to come in. He's like, you're not going to cut off my promo. He said, and you think you can try and beat us at Blood and Guts? You think, I'll tell you one thing, we are not going to surrender. You are going to have to kill us to make us even surrender. There's no way we're going to do that. You get what you deserve, he said. And to close it all off, he says, I'll finish with this. The summer of 1969 was a summer of peace and love. The summer of 2021 is a summer of violence and pain. And on May 5th, next week, blood and guts, summer comes early for you. This whole, this whole fucking segment, like, like I said, I was already excited for this match. And Jericho just hyped it up even more. I'm like, dude. Now, like, I can't miss next Wednesday. 
I cannot miss next Wednesday for Blood and Guts. I'm excited. I can't wait. This is this is going to be a hell of a fight. If I had to give my prediction of who's going to win this thing, I don't know. I, I really, really don't know. You'd say, you could probably say the Pinnacle needs this. You could probably say that the Inner Circle's already established faction. Even if the Inner Circle win, they probably, the, the Pinnacle will be fine. But I'm going to have to go with the Pinnacle. I'm going to have to go with the Pinnacle, man. I, I just think it's going to be them. I think they're going to be the winners, and I think they're the ones who are going to walk out of this thing. I, I think it's the Pinnacle. I could be so fucking wrong, but I'm going to go with the Pinnacle for now. Um, yeah, man, that that whole segment sold me even more for Blood and Guts next week. Anyway, guys, I think I'm going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, who do you have for Blood and Guts next Wednesday? I'll put out a, put out a poll on Twitter, at TNAWP. For who do you think is going to win Blood and Guts? The Pinnacle or the Inner Circle? I'll, uh, I want you guys to let me know who you think is going to win that match. Who do you think is going to win? You know? Uh, please be sure to be listening to Fan Speculation. We just put out a new episode yesterday. Uh, and uh, myself and my buddy Vinny Carini, we go over the last two episodes of The Falcon Winter Soldier. How Marvel wants three seasons of Loki. Uh, Marvel looking at Zack Snyder to potentially re- bring back Ghost Rider. Uh, there's a lot we go over, a Captain America 4, there's so much, we cover everything in there, uh, over at Fan Speculation, you can listen to us over there on Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, Spotify, same with this podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, all of your podcast needs, uh, Please be sure to share us with your friends, everybody. Uh, please be on the lookout for Making Kayfabe. Again, go listen to K- Making Kayfabe as well. Listen, if you if you work long hours, if you have a long commute, you're going to need shit to get you through traffic. You're going to need things to get through your day. You know, when you're done listening to this podcast, go listen to Fan Speculation. When you're done with this, when you're done with Fan Speculation, go listen to uh, Making Kayfabe. But there is another podcast I have to plug for you. My girlfriend actually has a Disney podcast. So if you need your Disney fix... She has a podcast called Disney Talk. Uh, all things Disney. Uh, if you love it, if you love Disney, cool. If you don't, tell somebody who does. That is over on Spotify and Google right now. It'll be on Apple Podcasts in the near future. So thank you guys all so much. Oh, last thing. Remember, again, please be listening to Hollow Heroes, my band, on Spotify and on YouTube, Apple Music, all the other fun shit. I'm done with the plugging now. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I've been CJ Palmasano. Thank you all so much. I hope you're all doing well and staying safe out there. Thank you all so much for listening. See you all next time.